0: Tensions in the Sino-U.S. relationship appear to have eased somewhat following a recent summit between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Weighing in on the talks, some experts say that the U.S. remains committed to Taiwan's defense despite comments from Xi on the issue. A former U.S. Army general says it is becoming clearer that the U.S. would commit troops to defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese attack. He says Xi has various problems on his hands, and that attacking Taiwan would not be in China's interest at this time.
1: Does that deterrent force need to include the help of larger militaries like the U.S.,
0: like Japan? Sure. Taiwan is uh, enjoy a very uh, important uh, uh, location uh, if Beijing uh, can uh, occupy Taiwan. Uh, it's become a so-called uh, Hawaii, uh, Chinese Hawaii. Hmm. They can send their submarine from east to Taiwan and such a submarine can reach west coast of the United States to strike the United States. we become more and more clear that the United States will commit forces to defend Taiwan if China attacks. So m- this is on China. And, and President Xi has many problems other than Taiwan he's got a a, um, a real estate problem, he's got a population problem, he's got other issues to work with, not just Taiwan. So we shouldn't overreact to this." CNN reported that the Taiwan Strait issue continues to be a sensitive topic in Sino-U.S. relations. As Taiwan's next presidential election draws closer, cross strait tensions will continue to be a key topic in the development of relations between the United States, China and Taiwan. Meanwhile DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde went down to Kaohsiung Sunday morning for the opening of a local chapter of women supporters. As many as a thousand women, all donning pink t-shirts, turned up at the event, where the vice president took the time to clarify three election rumors that have run amok. Local legislative candidates were also on hand, including city councilor Huang Jie, who said she was ready to battle it out with her nemesis, former Kaohsiung mayor Han Guoyu, is the KMT's number one legislator-at-large candidate.
1: In a sea of pink, female supporters of Lai chanted slogans and waved campaign banners. Even the man of the hour himself put on a pink t-shirt at the opening of Lai Chingda's campaign chapter. <laughs>
0: Having this on me is beautiful. Seeing everyone here is even more beautiful. Let's finish this election with me as president receiving a historic high number of votes, all eight of our legislators elected, and the DPP getting the most political party votes, okay?
1: Lai took the opportunity to clear up three recent rumors, refuting the claim that the DPP has become a single dominant party. into
0: Eight years ago, the DPP selected good candidates through a democratic process, presented a blueprint for the nation, and won the support of the majority of the people. This is in line with the spirit of democracy. The second rumor is that more than 60% of the people want to remove the DPP. You can ask people across the country which political party do they want in power. The number one response, with more than 30% of respondents saying this, is the DPP. The third election rumor, is that a vote for the DPP is a vote for young people to go to the battlefield. Biden told Xi Jinping that the security of Taiwan, the stability in the Taiwan Strait, and peace in the Indo-Pacific are things the U.S. has long advocated, and the U.S. is determined to uphold this goal.
1: DPP legislative candidates also took to the stage to solicit votes. Upon hearing that her nemesis, former Kaohsiung Mayor Han Guoyu, is listed as the county's number one legislator at large candidate, City Councilor Huang Jie could not hide her fighting spirit.
0: That man is back. He wants to be the number one legislator at large. That's okay. Get me into the parliament to fight him. Let's get rid of the KMT. I fought him in the city council and will fight him in the parliament. I will do my utmost to get elected and safeguard Taiwan in the parliament. the DPP's legislators at large are not about factionalism. The DPP's legislators at large are standing with the sisterhood and supporting our sisters. Please cast your legislators at large vote for the DPP. With presidential
1: candidate Lai leading the pack, the DPP is hoping that all eight of its Kaohsiung City legislative candidates would be elected and that Lai would receive more than a million
0: votes. The pandemic may be over, but medical personnel are still overworked due to a staff shortage. Despite an expansion of enrollment quotas in medical schools' departments of traditional Chinese medicine, pharmacy and nursing, as well as the lowering of the threshold for passing the national doctor's exams, the demand is still greater than the supply. This has led to a medical workers' protest on Sunday, dubbed the Black Cross Movement. The rally in front of the presidential office building was jointly conducted by medical workers from five branches of
2: medicine.
1: If you want a good medical environment, you have to start with the funding for medical facilities and investments in medicine. Only in this way can you have the budget needed to improve the employment situation of medical workers. Who would stay in this environment when a job doesn't guarantee a living? How can we continue to recruit students to study Chinese medicine when there aren't enough teachers to train them? It's very easy for people to get a license. The students worry that they haven't received a good education and haven't learned what they should learn, and that they do not have a good foundation. At the same time, the people who visit these doctors will become indirect victims. We have to work hard to improve the medical environment. However, if the medical environment changes, will the existing manpower be able to meet future demand? This will not necessarily happen, so we still need to keep monitoring the situation and keep an eye on the supply and demand.
0: Facing the protesters, Health Minister Xue says Taiwan's population is aging rapidly, and it isn't right to put limits on the number of medical manpower by law. If you've ever stayed at a large hotel in Taiwan, then you've likely seen a hotel bakery. Taiwanese love baked goods, and that fact has not been lost on the major hotel chains. Hotel bakeries with a small storefront of 13 ping or less. Can generate monthly revenue of up to 3 million NT. And some shops have earned that much with significantly less space than that. To stay competitive, bake hotels in the country are sure to have well trained pastry chefs on staff.
3: The baker delicately slices the pastry in half, revealing layers wrapped around a chestnut puree filling.
4: It's not greasy at all, and it has a delicate texture and lingering aftertaste.
3: This salted caramel pastry is topped with a butterfly-shaped chocolate. Its delicate layers lend it a crispy texture.
4: Making a pastry like this requires ample time and experience. The layers can be peeled apart and can be eaten like that, one layer at a time.
3: These baked goods take half a day to create, and a limited number is made each day. A hotel bakery can make nine types of breads and pastries daily in a 13 ping storefront and generate some 3 million NT of monthly revenue.
4: We primarily focus on Danish pastries. We are aware that consumers in Taipei tend to especially enjoy pastries with a crispy texture.
3: At this bakery, a variety of breads are on offer, and a worker is busy restocking shelves. At another hotel bakery, space is more limited, but the shop's lower prices and focus on healthier options have kept business booming.
4: A bakery on the first floor of a hotel that's only five or six ping in size can earn between two and three million NT per month.
3: Bakeries are an industry worth 80 billion NT annually in Taiwan. With their ability to generate large profits from small storefronts, they may be the hotel industry's golden goose.
0: This September, a lead the Belgian shepherd made a triumphant debut at the Olympics of dog sports, the FCI IGP World Championship in Slovenia. But behind this four-legged champion is an even more remarkable story, that of his trainer Wu Jianxing. Wu is not a professional dog handler by any means. He runs a small guesthouse in Yilan, and he didn't especially like dogs as a young man. But in 2009, his life was forever changed by a stray dog. Today, in our Sunday special report, we bring you a heartwarming tale of friendship, commitment, and an unlikely journey to the global stage.
4: Ms. Luo is at the airport bright and early. She's here not for a celebrity, but for Ellie, the Belgian Shepherd, who's returning from an international competition. In September, Ellie and his owner Wu Jian Xing traveled to Slovenia to compete in the FCI IGP World Championship, where they won a medal. <laughs> hailed as the Olympics of dog sports, the FCI IGP World Championship is made up of three trials, tracking, obedience and protection. If a dog fails to score at least 70 points in any one trial, it is eliminated.
3: Especially with the test of chasing after an escaping suspect, Other dogs might need to take five or seven steps before chasing him down and apprehending him. But my dog doesn't. My dog can do it in just three steps. So the audience was amazed. They were amazed at how fast my dog could apprehend a suspect.
4: This was Ellie's first ever appearance on the global stage, and Wu is not a professional trainer. He runs a small guest house in Yilan County. Wu has managed the guest house for over a decade now. As a young man, he wasn't especially fond of dogs and had never owned one of his own. But in 2009, he and his now fiancée found a stray on the street. That was how Latte came into Wu's life, changing it forever.
3: We picked her up in Jiaoxi. She was very weak and sickly. She had so many diseases, and we treated them, spending four months and 40,000 or 50,000 in tea. After that, she was living a good life, and so we started to do some things with her to give back to the community.
4: Wu got Latte certified as a therapy dog. Together, they went to social welfare organizations and long-term care centers to bring joy to children and the elderly.
3: My dog. She led me into the world of dogs. The second thing is, she was very smart. I even taught her to speak. She could say, I love you.
4: But all dogs die too soon. Latte passed away in 2017, leaving her family heartbroken. To heal his grief, Wu began using his guest house as a foster home for small strays. He quickly realized that not all dogs were as easy as his beloved latte.
5: We took in a dog that had behavioral issues. We ourselves got hurt. We wanted to rehabilitate it so that it could be adopted. Naturally, we didn't want the dog to get adopted and then be returned immediately. <laughs>
4: To give each dog its best chance in a new family, Wu ventured into the world of dog training. Every week, he went to a canine training school in Sanxia, New Taipei. He started out with basic pet training. After getting certified, he moved on to specialized fields like rescue and police dog training.
1: At the time, Ellie hadn't been born yet. We assigned to him a dog assistant, a dog that was already well-trained. The point wasn't for the dog to be trained, but for Jianxing to be
3: trained. The dog trained him. I had a Belgian Malinois named A, a big, strong dog. At the time, I felt that whenever A was on a leash, it was like trying to control a bull. I couldn't do it. The dog weighed 40-something kilograms and walked to my left. So of course, I held the leash in my left hand. One time after a day at the school, I couldn't even lift my left arm.
4: Wu pushed on, weathering scrapes and bruises. To better understand dogs, he would even fall to the ground to imitate their movements.
3: You have to know how your dog feels and how difficult a task it is for them. Instead of whipping them or punishing them or criticizing them, you have to guide them to accomplish a task.
2: Super. Good boy.
4: Using praise, not censure, Wu hit his stride in dog training. But then tragedy struck again when his faithful dog assistant died suddenly from a heart attack.
5: I saw that he was deeply distressed. It was the first time I'd seen him cry. He just held the dog and sobbed because that dog was truly exceptional and it wasn't old, it died so abruptly. I felt that he needed to do something to overcome his sorrow. He later asked if he could have a dog of his own, and that's how we got Ellie. As a puppy, Ellie's
4: lively spirit brought Wu back from his grief, renewing his enthusiasm for dog training
2: and Starting
4: from two months old, Ellie was trained for at least two hours a day. During scent detection exercises, Wu would hide three objects in a space as big as a soccer field and ask Ellie to track them down within 15 minutes.
2: <laughs>
1: Ellie is special because he has tremendous focus, tremendous power. His movements are extremely quick and precise.
4: The training school saw Ellie's innate talent. Wu was encouraged to take Ellie to qualifiers for a shot at competing internationally. A lot of work goes into qualifying for the global stage. The dog must first pass basic, junior, intermediate and advanced certification tests in Taiwan. It must also win a national
5: championship. At the time, I thought, yeah, right. There's no way we could go abroad to compete, but he really did work hard, and Ellie was truly extraordinary. So I told him, it's okay, no matter how much time, effort, or money it takes, I will support you. Because I think it's a really special thing when someone has a dream and chases it, step by step. It's such a rare thing to see.
4: In pursuit of his dreams, Wu spent two years competing with Ellie in events big and small. At a national competition, he defeated a professional trainer to claim the title and a spot in a global tournament. But the journey to the event had its own hurdles. On his first overseas flight, four year old Ellie was confined to the cargo hold for 12 hours. Upon arrival at Vienna, Ellie endured a six hour drive to the competition site in Slovenia. Perhaps due to the stress of travel, Ellie began to lose his fur, developing a bald patch.
5: When I saw it, I thought it's stress. There was nothing to be done. He was in a long flight, and he wasn't used to being confined in isolation. In the days before competition, Wu
4: fell ill on the training field after hours of training under the hot sun and intermittent rain.
3: During a training session, I began to vomit profusely. I was like a fire hydrant. My vomiting frightened the other handlers who were so concerned.
4: But the setbacks took the pressure off the big day. During the competition itself, Wu and Ellie worked the field in complete harmony. Ellie sailed through the tracking, obedience and protection trials, earning high scores of 77, 70 and 80. Elated from their success on the field, Wu found the courage to propose to his girlfriend of 15 years. Not just a medal, but also the hand of his beloved. But for Wu, the journey isn't over. He plans to take Ali to more competitions and see the world. He also wants to keep giving back to society.
5: We offer courses to volunteers at shelters. We also go to the homes of dog owners to work with their dogs free of charge.
3: I want to offer classes. It's not just about me and my dog. Because Ellie has a bit of fame now, and people want to see him, they want to pet him. They say, your dog is so impressive, can my dog be like that? And I say, of course. While not every dog can go overseas to compete, every dog can be as happy as Ellie is, and share the same bond with its owner, and live each day in comfort and ease.
2: (coughs)
4: Wu wants to share Ellie with the world to help other dog owners solve hard problems. And with Ellie at his side, Wu hopes to help more stray dogs find their forever home.